Hello, hello, and welcome to CVET's podcast. Today's episode is episode 30. I still can't get my head around that we're <laughs> done so many. It's been crazy I year. Know. I love it. So if you were with us last episode, you would have known that we had uh, Pastor Isaac Bennett as he started to unpack this month's topic of Advent. That's right. Pretty it's good, a, eh? It's a really cool uh, series that we're on because... As you know, the Center for Biblical End Time Studies, we are set up and we're focused on empowering you and all believers around the world to understand, to live, and to share the complete gospel story where obviously at the first coming of Jesus, it was this massive statement that God was making about his new reign and all mm-hmm. of those things. And of course, it's culminating um, with the coming of the Lord um, in a second advent or a second right. coming so this is an awesome topic for us oh, to, totally. to have and this week we get the honor of having my friend matt candler back with it's us it's awesome to be here <laughs> thank you for being uh, with us yeah. so as you've already uh, seen him before in a couple uh, uh, episodes matt is a, he loves the psalms and of course we learn a lot from him with the psalms and uh well, you've done a lot of here you've led internships you've 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 even led foreign music academy before i did yeah. you've you've done a lot around and of course you're, you're an intercessor uh, at heart and so i'm so excited to unpack luke mm-hmm. 2 and just look at what is the, the awesome. meaning of advent now last week with isaac we mm-hmm. kind of saw the connection between the first advent and the second advent how they talk about each other it was a very, excellent very powerful powerful yeah. uh time with Pastor Isaac. I like that guy. He's just so funny yet enjoyable <laughs> beyond yeah. really belief. Is. But so full of like revelation and yes, so he is. we want to continue that conversation today. So um uh <laughs> I'm just thinking about the, what you said earlier before the podcast about the one thing conference. Yeah. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so um a number of us have a uh saw on social media someone posted a, a banner that was very uh, reminiscent of the One Thing Conference, <laughs> yeah. but it it was edited, photoshopped, and it said no thing, and it had everything marked out like essentially there's no conference this year, right? And so at the bottom it says for real though, don't come. For real, don't come. <laughs> don't like we're up, not please. we're not going to be at Bartle Hall this year, right? And and I laughed as we're laughing right oh, now, oh, and then gosh. as the as the days unfolded, I I started thinking, wow, it's going to be. I, I've mostly been looking forward to having done one thing for so many years, mostly looking forward to having a moment with it not happening this right. year, right? Yeah. And then something happened. I started thinking about what the gift of that event at the end of the year was specifically um, as it pertained to the coming of the Lord, yeah. as wow. it pertained to Advent. Yeah. Because I remember it was about year three or four into doing the One Thing Conference, um, because of our mandate here to focus at IOPKC on the glorious return of Jesus, one among a number of those mandates, um, the conference centered and focused on that. Uh-huh. And so it actually, of all things that I did and focus on doing over the Christmas holiday in December, and we start a lot earlier, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but uh, exactly, we, we actually do. So, um, but of all those things that we do, one of the greatest gifts that I appreciated about the One Thing Conference was how it actually centered us on the on the main and plane of Advent, right. of coming, of mm. and blurring those first and second coming realities, yeah. and I always appreciated that. That's true. And then you start the year off thinking about that too yeah. exactly so usually it's like as soon as christmas eve has come and gone and it's boxing day i don't yeah. know if you have boxing right. day in america but we I don't know the word there you go yeah. as soon as the 26th has happened it's like great new year let's just move on and get on with life everyone yeah. starts reading genesis 1 on there january 1st yeah. <laughs> lasts about a week or so yes. Yes. 
<laughs> and then it's like, okay, oh, we gotta we gotta work on that. <laughs> yes, it's true. Gosh. Oh man, true. but I I do I do love how you said it. Actually, I I had never thought about that, but it's true. I mean, the one thing conference for those of you that aren't aware, I'm assuming. About half of you are aware about a one thing conference, but the other half, we every year for gosh, 15, 17 years, something like that, yep. we've had a, a end of the year conference, four day event, and it's just this time of corporate worship, a gathering where people come and to burn, really, to learn about the beauty of Jesus, his mm-hmm. glorious return. And that being a huge part of our DNA, I mean, that was being proclaimed everywhere. Yeah. The return of Jesus, the the glory of Jesus. Of course, Alan weeping over the beauty of Jesus and yep. all this stuff. And yeah, it does anchor you, you know. And so this year, that is the strange yeah. thing is that we're not. I mean, I remember this. the year when Mike went through the entire book of Revelation as the entirety of <laughs> yeah. the conference. 2008. Just, yeah, yeah. I remember. And I remember yeah. thinking that. This is Advent. Yeah. <laughs> this is as Advent as you get. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's like Christmas did not end December 25th. We're actually bringing it to a new focal point. So yeah. that that's actually why I really appreciate um, this community. That's mm. why I appreciate things like this podcast, the CBETS podcast, because it actually helps remind us mm-hmm. of what the what the foundations and right. the grounds are to so many of the things that we take for granted, yeah. including Advent and Christmas. Yeah, Jacob and I were reading, uh, trying to do like an Advent devotional together. And this morning it struck me that actually the first promise that the Lord gave was what we now have is Christmas. Mm. And I don't think I've, I mean, you know, yes, he's coming, but I think I just didn't really twig Christmas is the first promise fulfilled. Did and you, I, did, I mean, that's did so you obvious. say twig? Twig. That's, you know, that's a British term. British. I, I just go with it most of the time. Okay, okay. I, I was mostly asking for all of our non-British listeners. So, so, so. You, it clicked. Oh, there we go. You know I'm going to take that. You know when you stand on a twig and it snaps? Yeah. It's, that's it. It snaps. It twigged. It clicked. <laughs> well, there you go. I like that. We're receiving okay. British instruction, anyway, getting okay. cultured here. Was, no, that, yeah, the, you're no, talking about like, the proto-evangel, Genesis yeah. 3.15, the promise mm-hmm. that the head of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that seed of the woman would crush exactly. the head of the serpent, yep. uh, seed of the serpent, and that obviously being the first coming yeah. of Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, the statement that he's he's initiating something, yes. and of course will be culminated fully in a second coming. Right. Yeah. And just because it's fun to note in that promise in Genesis three, it seems to even contain the um, the, the the veiled reference to him being virgin born. Yeah, because. No woman has seed. That's that's right. The I seed love that. of the, any the yeah. when this is the seed of the woman, you're thinking, uh, you missed that one. Yeah, yeah. Women don't have seed, Wait y'all. A second. Yeah, and it's like, what is that? There's yeah. mystery right there on the front end. Not I beautiful. I, I do love that. I'm glad you brought so it up. Cool. But yeah, it's it's a statement. You know that the the even because you know we live in an age that whatever the misogyny is being exposed and we're in a you know we're trying to figure it out overcorrecting at times but whatever right the point is that that there's a statement that God is making in, in the first promise mm-hmm. about about uh, the advent of of of, of the Messiah is that you know the purity of this person does not have uh, you know the male seed mm-hmm. contributing right. to the factor mm-hmm. you know right. and and the point being that god himself is going to uh, sow himself into humanity practically right. speaking and of course that's why it's the seed of the woman and uh, so anyway i i, I love that that just thinking about that and you know thinking also cuz our catholic and mostly liturgical high, high church brothers, you know, that are really focused on more of the liturgy and the high church uh, model of Christianity. They're, they're the ones who've been carrying 
these seasons, especially of Advent. It's a massive uh, yeah. theme in their liturgy and in their in their uh, church calendar, where they really emphasize Advent. And we've we've lacked it in terms of like what I mean by we is you know mainstream Christianity, Protestantism. Yeah. We've kind of just ignored it or we like, well, we get to Christmas and we talk about giving. We talk about, you know, whatever helps mm-hmm. the mission right. <laughs> forward. But I, I've really appreciated that about our, you know, our brothers in the Catholic Church or in the Anglican Church, oh. you know, that are really focused in on this. Because though it might be dry and not our style mm-hmm. or however you want to define the weakness of it, the strength that they carry is just an unrelenting commitment to return yeah to the basics of our hope yeah. and, and of course, remembering what he did uh, when he came uh, the first time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. I was so stirred as a teenager. I don't know, really know why. I was trying to remember why this happened, but all throughout high school, I would always want to go to the more liturgical, late 11 p.m. candlelight service. Um, Oh, like when I was freshman, sophomore, junior in high school. And I typically want to go by myself. I'd go by myself and because there's something that I wanted to connect to that that sacredness mm. that happened in in that time. And I remember, um, similar to what you said, when I when I stepped on the twig, <laughs> I remember I remember I remember every now and then there's moments where you kind of go, Wait, what does that mean when you sing it? When you're singing a song. Yeah, yeah. I remember singing the song um, joy to the world. Oh yeah. And you just enter into the the same kind of autopilot, the tune. Christmas right. carol. Joy yeah, to right, the right. World. And yeah. I remember some of those phrases. I remember thinking, whoa, 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 wait a second. Let earth receive its king. Let, er- let king. earth receive her king, and then no more let sin and sorrow reign. But like, oh. but nor thorns infest the ground. I'm thinking. I remember thinking, as a high schooler, wait, that hasn't happened yet. And I remember thinking as that song unfolded, there were elements that had and elements that hadn't. And maybe Isaac Watts, who wrote that hymn, was connected to more than I was thinking that was more than about the first coming, you know? And so I just remember like, there's a lot to unpack about this dual reality of Jesus's return and his first coming. Yeah, you know, and I think as we've kind of looked at in the past few episodes and all that is... It seems like in the in the minds and in the understanding of the prophets who spoke of these things. Of course, Peter makes it clear they were longing to figure it out themselves, right? Because God was speaking through them. They didn't really know what was going on, but they just whatever. They had a, a basic understanding. But it seems like in their minds they saw they saw one event. You know, like they didn't you see mean the first and second coming as one event. Is yeah, that that's that's what. It, thank you for clarifying. It 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 seems like they were seeing like. This is this is it. This is hope right. that that God will come, mm-hmm. and 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 it's not like they tried to separate it into comings, you know. Mm. But yet, of course, the mystery and the beauty of it is that God then does half of it or whatever. I don't <laughs> want to quantify it, but yeah. He does a portion of it, but He doesn't do the other portion. And it's like, wait a minute, what are you doing, you know? <laughs> and even in their singular you making the event singular it wasn't without its challenges because so many of those prophecies involved a 
a a suffering Messiah, and they couldn't quite figure out how that fits <laughs> right. all into everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's it's anyway. So yeah, it's that as as you know, many people have always said it's that telescope mountain range yeah, reality. Yeah. The distance between the mountain peaks when you're right. looking from one mountain mm-hmm. to another seems a lot shorter until you're walking the path. Yeah. You're kind of going, wow, this, I thought this was going to be a few hours. That actually happened to me one time, you know, one of my one times in Colorado that I did <laughs> 14, uh, two 14,000 foot peaks in the same day. Wow. Oh, wow. Was, in the same day? Well, well there, there, there's just a little valley between oh, them. Oh, but yeah. but again, that little <laughs> valley is bigger than you think. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. grays and toys right outside of, of the Denver area and I remember thinking wow it's just right there it'll take like 15 minutes to get there <laughs> three hours later it's like oh my gosh we should have done the second yeah. peak but you know yeah, yeah. how much more in the in the in the minds and the in the mindsets and the hearts of the prophets well and also gosh. the divine timelessness of God you know mm-hmm. God is making a statement I'm coming yeah and 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 in his wisdom he touched down once he's touching down again like yeah. I, and I think that that's what helped me figure it out better because you know um, as a good evangelical, the the glory of the incarnation, the scandal of it, the beauty of that, that yeah. of his humility to come and wrap himself in the in the in the skin he created, you know, so that he could bleed for us. That that's <sighs> that that to me is like a statement already that you could spend ages just wow, right. the scandal of the cross, the beauty of this man's humility, mm-hmm. and all of that. And so a good evangelical, we're focused on that, right? But Jesus was making a statement. Of, of of something that has yet to come, even though he embodied that and did yeah. that, he never he didn't separate the the first coming from the second. You know, to him it was, hey, I'm coming to to accomplish something. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit because you're going to do this with me, and then yeah. I'll come back and and take my inheritance. Right. Psalm two, you know, I, I'm going to do this, and it, and the Father's going to be faithful to give me my bride. And you yeah. know, so I, I just love that story from the perspective. You know, as an evangelical, as someone who's focused on 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 justification and sanctification, um, to realize that Jesus loves those two for the sake of the day of re- the resurrection. Yeah, I I am. Um, uh, Dan and I both um, prayed on a couple different teams in the prayer room, and uh, just this week we started doing and what we call an Advent outline on one of the one of the teams on um, Chris Toffolon and Aaron Valdivia's team on Mondays at noon. And we just sang through a number of the passages on, on Advent. And it is it blows my mind how the, the the when we're singing through the first coming of Jesus, we're singing about his birth, his incarnation. And then when you get because this is what happened, because it's just a few weeks before well, on a different team, I'm focused. We're doing the hymns of Revelation, and yeah. Revelation uh, specifically five and seven with mm-hmm. Rachel Fagutu oh, on yeah, yeah. on Jonas's team, and so that's on Tuesday at noon. And, what, and these two things are crushing like waves yeah. in my soul. And what happened is, is I'm realizing, oh my word, this book, the book of Revelation, that's focused on really the 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 the, the second advent of Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah of all the descriptions of all the names of Jesus and there's glorious ones. I mean, Mike's gone through series on yeah. wrapping our, wrapping the name of Jesus around us and, and putting our, uh, putting the beauty of God in front of us in that book. And the book's called the revelation or the revealing the apocalypse of Jesus. And then of all the names, the one that outshines them all that by, by reference is the lamb of God. Yeah. Mm. It's the Lamb of God. I think it's 26 or 27 times wow. that it's referenced. It is it is clearly... Just within the book of Revelation. Just in wow. that one book. And so almost like 
Jesus is making a point. I'm revealing myself in this book about my second coming, mm-hmm. but I, I don't want it to be distinguished or, or distinct from what I did in my first coming yeah. as the Lamb of God. And mm-hmm. so that and my point of highlighting that is as we highlight the, the incarnation and what that incarnation culminated with, with the death, as you said, the scandal of the cross, we can't separate those two. Yeah, that's right. And that's what's... I think that that's what, when we begin to actually carry those realities as we look at some of the familiar Christmas passages, mm-hmm. Advent passages, we begin to have our eyes open to a bigger story and yeah. a bigger narrative. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. I loved it. I know that uh, Pastor Isaac, um, a couple, I don't know, a couple Sundays ago, he, he preached on um, a little bit about Christmas. You know, and we typically, we focus on giving because of Jesus, you know, our father gave his son and... And it's beautiful. And I mean, you could go on and on about that. But I just really like the way he pointed out about Christmas is really about receiving, you know, because God, God gave. Right. right. You know, <laughs> right. Good point. And, and uh, just the, the point, I mean, the, the humility that it takes. I'm not talking about entitled reception, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, of course, right. I deserve this. Like my kids right now, yeah. we're working right. on that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like I could right. take them on a bro date, my son or my daughter and, and do all these wonderful sacrificial things for a missionary in Kansas City. You know? And they're like, we only went to three places. Like we at least eight places. I'm like, Wow. How, you know, so I'm not talking about that kind of, uh, right. you know, receiving. I'm talking about the, 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 you know, receiving his, his, uh, his holiness, his um, acts that make us righteous, not our ability mm-hmm. to to create them. You know, it's like right. we, we have to abandon our quest for a cape, thinking that somehow we can find inherent godhood by some superpower that's in, inherent to us, right? And to receive the gift of of Christ's his life and ministry, his accomplishment, we abandon the cape and we let him infuse us with his power. Right. Mm. It's so critical because I love what what Isaac mentioned because the, for us to be in that posture of receiving, it has so many layers to it. One of which is when we understand that that Christmas actually means grace, it means that we were in a posture where we could not help ourselves and if we're in a posture where we have to receive, it 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 changes a lot of elements. It really is the the slippery slope in a good way to understanding, as the scriptures tell us, for for we lived in darkness, but we saw a great light. Yeah. It's it's the Isaiah nine yeah. reality that that do we actually believe that we were stuck um, in darkness? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so we we God had to move towards us to in grace in that place in his son. And I think that the second part that I love that he highlighted, at least at our recent church service, yeah. is he, he just talked about the, the gift of God in himself. Right. And that, that that's kind of where the rubber meets the road with Christmas. Yeah. It's like the great gift that the father wants to give us is his son. Yeah. I think it was John Piper that said the gospel at its core is the gift of God himself, yeah, yeah. which essentially makes us have to ask the question, is that the gift that you want most from God? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, is, is, is the greatest, because the greatest thing that God can give of greatest value, of greatest beauty, of greatest impact is the gift of himself. Yeah. But in our hearts, is that the thing that we desire the most, and that's where we we have real conversations. I think about Christmas. That's that's so good that you said that because I think that we don't know him very well, mm-hmm. and so if we are serious, 
we don't know how to answer that question properly, right? Right. Because Jesus comes in all kinds of shapes and colors and, you know, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Meaning, like, we, we have this, if you're Westerner, you have a Scandinavian Jesus in your head mm. with white clothes on who's here to bless Beautiful you. Beautiful blue eyes. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you, you know, depending on where you're from, what con like for the Hispanic uh, plight, you know, you're, you're thinking of the Galilean, the deliverer, mm. the one who can escape troubling circumstances mm -hmm. and, and, you know, overcome, overcome. So right. you, you have a, this picture of the overcomer. Uh, you don't have a picture of the, the bridegroom, you know? Right. So we're all like, Jesus has all of these different things that, and I think the more you learn about him, it's like, it's like, wow, you're so amazing. Wow. You're so, but that, then you actually grow in the fear of the Lord. Cause it's like, Oh wow. You're, you're so huge or you're so powerful or <laughs> yeah. you're so, do, do you still like me? <laughs> like, right, you exactly. know, like the holiness of God and, you know, well, I think, I think one of the things that really crashed in on me that I already mentioned that, that you're just bringing back again, Ruben is, is that this reality of God coming in the incarnation, I didn't realize that I, in my heart always assumed that it was something he embraced to save us versus putting on display who he always is. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. And so that that really is messing with me. Now, I think that's one of the reasons why the Lamb of God is referred to as many times as he is, that name in the book of Revelation, because he's saying, the, the God that I was when I came to die for you in the incarnation in my first advent is still who I am. I didn't unzip right. that part of my identity. I just didn't do it to save your screw up. Yeah, yeah. You know, in other words, this is who I am. So, which, which is why I think it's one of those perplexing mentions. I think it's in Revelation uh, chapter six, where we find the, 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 the noble and the kings of the earth are crying out to the rocks to save them right. from the wrath of the lamb. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, in other words, it's the, the, the highlight here to me is, is he's going, I, I, I am a lamb-like heart. The issue is you're not like me. You're, you're exalted in pride, and, but yeah. this is who I am, and I'm wanting you to be equally yoked to me right. in this lowly, meek uh, kind of way. Who I came in the first advent is who I always am, and that's actually the fundamental problem because I want a, a bride that's yoked with me in that meek lowliness that's dependent upon me that seeks to exalt the others in the Trinity, just like the Trinity does. The right. Father's always seeking to exalt the Son. The Son's always seeking to exalt the Father. And he's like, we want a, we want a humanity to be like us in that. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's where I just, my heart gets delivered through the stories of Advent, first and second, yeah. connecting to the fact that this is fundamentally what he's like. So right. when we look at the second coming, it's not a different heart of God. He's still the heart of the lamb. Yeah. It's still the center of his heart. Yeah. Gosh. Well, and you and just it, keep going. I I just, it's where I've been, I've been singing it for the last oh, month and it's just, so good. well, I love the way you said, uh, well, love is a strong word. I, I'm sobered by how you said, uh, the wrath of the lamb. Right. That's I mean, the key. It's cause you're, you're the lamb is what, what we think of as New Testament God and wrath is Old Testament God. Right. right. And we, we dichotomize this, but I love how, how you, how you brought, no, no, he's always been himself mm -hmm. and he's showing his heart more, more, uh, more openly about yeah. who he is. And, but it's, he's never changed. Right. I mean, right. that, the, that's, that's the nature the, you know, one of the, 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 the key issues or the key things, attributes of God is that he's unchanging. 
and uh, and you can trust in that. And so, yeah. but, but that's scary sometimes. And so, answering your question, like, do we receive him as the gift? Right. And I, I think that if we're honest with ourselves, that's our struggle. That's our that's the main struggle with why we we uh, struggle with obedience or holiness, or you know, it, it's because we, we like we 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 want you. We want you know. It's kind of more like Thomas. You know, like I want to, but help my not yeah. wanting to. Right. Exactly. Or, you know, I believe in yeah. you, but help my unbelief. It's that. It's like I, I think I do, but it's like I don't. You know, yeah. I'm so prone to wander. I'm so, so, you know, yeah. inwardly crooked and I need, I need you to, to change that. We have to see him as he is. And the more that we do, it just begins to mess with us. Yeah. I remember that's something that happened to me when we mentioned earlier, um, that probably my favorite Advent story for the last years has been the story in the scene out of Luke two, mm-hmm. when the angels, well, when, when the angel of the Lord appears to the to the shepherds, and then eventually the you see the entire angelic um, host there. I came across this article that just, it was a scholarly article out of a, I can't remember which journal it was, and the title was just like, what? This was at least 15 years ago. And the title of the, the article was, Armies We Have Heard on High. I remember thinking, what? Oh, because you're sorry, used what? to hearing angels, angels we, we have heard. heard on high. Right, exactly. <laughs> it, but it was armies. I go, Whoa. and then I, I read the little abstract real quick, and it was he was making the point that the word for when he saw the host of the, of the heavenly angels, the word host there yeah, in the armies. Greek is specifically referring not just to a great number, right. but specifically to armies. And so he begins to play this out, This the author of this article, and begins to, to kind of reframe it in what's going on here. Yeah. And it just began to capture my heart in this fresh way. First of all, it was a, I think it was um, a friend of mine that used to be here for 10 years at IOP, one of our Bible teachers at the school, Stephen Venable. Oh, gosh. Yeah. He had made the comment, just blew my mind. He said, uh, and we can take him to task on this if it's not true, but <laughs> it, seemed, it seems accurate uh, so far. But it's... Um, th- I don't think that there, he mentioned there's not another time in the Bible where we see the angels singing on the earth. And at least before the second coming, because okay. there's a, there's a, there's a yeah. blurry one in the book of Revelation. Yeah, but apart yeah. from that, in other words, we see the angels appearing in the heavens. Mm-hmm. We think of the, the, the chariots and the armies of God seen, but in terms of where they're singing, and they're, and they're seen worshiping from the vantage point of earth versus being taken to the, the court of heaven or the heavenly yeah, yeah, sanctuary. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and he described how it, it, put on, it puts on display that this is the, the first time that there is a resting place of God wow. on the earth and, that, and, and peace. Now, that's what I mean by the peace, a resting place in the incarnation, the first time since Adam that there's a sinless man on the earth. And God has forever made it clear that he is, his his posture towards humanity is goodwill through this incarnation. And when I took that and this article together, what began to happen to me is that these angels this they're not just in choir robes the guy makes the point in the article that's right they they are they're not in they're not a choir they are angel armies they are clad in their attire of of the army of wow. the of the most powerful the army most powerful in the army. universe and so so what and 
if you picture just for a moment, if there was this great announcement that there was an army on the outskirts of Belton, which is just a few miles <laughs> from here in Grandview, a few oh, miles away, and, and that the whole city was surrounded by oh, an gosh. army and, and the most powerful army, you would think like you would, you would prepare for takeover, subjugation, whatever it is you yeah. want to flee. This is why the first words are, Fear not, yeah. yes. right? Fear not. Because you think when you see someone decked out in army attire, you're thinking uh, there's a war mm. on the horizon. Yeah. And the first words are essentially there's no war on the horizon. In fact, their announcement later is peace. But what will you begin to find and discover here is that this host has followed their captain into war that is in the manger wow. many times before. And that's the part where he references passages, this oh author gosh. of like, <laughs> we followed him um, in the delivering of, of the nation of Israel yeah. from Egypt. We followed, we, we were present um, with Elijah and Elisha. We were present with King David when it says that, that w when he was to rout the Philistines a different way, the second time we find in 2 Samuel 5 it is, I believe, when he says that, that when the Lord speaks to him and David inquired, go this way, but wait until you hear the sound, here's the key word, of marching in the mulberry trees. <laughs> What is that? Because the angel armies were going to move forward. Because once you hear the, the marching happening, then the Lord has given you the victory. Then you move out. So these angels that are as ancient as time from Genesis 1 that have known nothing of rebellion, that have followed this king, they are singing essentially what he makes the point in this article Hail to the chief. Come on. What, what is that? <laughs> they're, singing, they're singing glory to God because this is the Lord, yeah. the captain of the armies of heaven. They're singing glory to God. And then they're singing because of him, there is a resting place. There's peace on earth. And he is the incarnate display of God's goodwill to humanity. Gosh. And the implication inherent is this. We're going to follow him in the future. Wow. Mm. This one, we're going to follow into the future. and He is going to lead us in a future battle called the day of the Lord, the yeah. greatest battle that we will ever know. But we're declaring this season because of this one in the, in the, in the manger, we're declaring amnesty. amnesty. It's a time for to defect, to come mm. and to become like him. I just wow. remember that. I remember that time when I read that article in the prayer room, I just remember going, I, I wanted to sing that, that that song, or I wanted to change the word in every hymnal, armies we have heard on high, <laughs> yeah. only because it the picture is always choir robes. Yeah. Right. And then it began to really freak me out being a life of David nerd, because you realize that David always had the army guys related to uh, the, the sanctuary in the tabernacle of David for deputizing the different singers. And they were always a mixture. Yeah. I'm going, what is going on here? So that story just exploded in my in my soul. Armies wow. we so have heard on. Armies we have heard on. I what is that? I, I have to say something on that. Yeah. Oh I, come on! As you're saying it, like I love that this is the invitation of the Lord. Like always, is to uh, he he sends angels, the Holy Spirit, always inviting us into this place of worship. And so as you're giving this picture of the angels appearing in the birth of Jesus. 
they're also appear to the to the shepherds yes. right and they're like inviting them like come yes. come and worship come and adore wow. and then in revelation we also see that john is being invited into the throne room by an angel and say come this is there. the invitation oh to come and see the lord the the lamb of god that's right wow. so i love so that true. you oh. wonder what the angels are seeing or what's oh, going on in their hearts to be created mm-hmm. by this uncreated God, go through the thousands of ages and then see him as a baby. It's just like their minds oh. must be exploding too. Well, it's I mean, it's, it's because like, they were like, sorry, I'm just, I don't know. There's nothing in the Bible about this, but <laughs> like what, what were the steps between the Philippians two? Mm-hmm. he was in the form of God. And then at some point he's, he's not there. <laughs> yeah. well, well, my big point is like, he's not there. He's not the right hand of the father anymore. And he's like, yeah. I don't know how <laughs> that, like he was there. He's not there. I don't know how that works, but yeah, and they, they unbelievable. Came. Oh wow. gosh. That is, oh God, I'm, I'm, you're threw me in a spin because I, I think I've always seen it conceptually, but like that's, ex, that's explicitly mm-hmm. what Luke two was saying, you yeah. know, that this is, there, there's, it's a militant takeover yeah. through love, you know, through the, the, the sacrificial lamb, yeah. but it's a military takeover. The armies are there mm-hmm. right. to make sure that, that the, that the God man is born right. and t- to announce it. Here he is. Hail the <laughs> chief. <laughs> this one that they know in the throne room of heaven, but let's even take it to the old Testament where that, that was the, the glory between the, in the mercy seat, between the cherubim, the Shekinah glory in the sanctuaries that would, if you mix the incense wrong, it was going to, that the zeal of God would consume you. Now he's crying between Mary and Joseph. What are they thinking? (laughs) And then this is the part where it really hits home with me is essentially when you have the full gospel picture, you understand that he came to save us from himself. That's from his wrath, from his own wrath. Mm-hmm. That's the, which is implicit in the lamb of God. Yeah. So he is born. It's not just it's peace. It's that mm-hmm. the reason why there's peace, even at his birth is because he is going to die to remove yeah. right. that wrath. Like he's going to bring peace no matter the cost. That's he, right. That is the end goal. And that is going to happen. Yeah. Gosh. So just for those of you that are listening or watching that have like kids, bring this in to the six-year-olds, the eight-year-olds when when your sons are out there, you know, beating the bushes with their swords when you're hanging a Christmas light or whatever. (laughs) Talk to them about the armies that Jesus, like, did you know about the armies that appear to Jesus? They're thinking, no. Yeah, like begin they to situ- like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where are the armies in the nativity? Yeah. Let's connect the story together. Oh, it's such a beautiful picture when you get new revelations and new things added to it. You're yeah. like, wait, what? How did I never see that? I know it's crazy. For the longest time, this is a slightly random point, but for the longest time. I just thought there were two of every animal that went into the ark because they went into the ark two by two. And then you read it and you're like, wait a second, there are six of those animals. And so it's just like another one of those revelations. <laughs> yeah. You're like, wait, they're angels, armies. <laughs> I love Not it. Not quite the same level. But, oh, no, know. I love it. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I think there's so much truth embedded into simple revelation, mm-hmm. meaning yeah. that God wants us to grasp it. A child can grasp it. Yeah. But you can spend an eternity digging deeper and deeper 
and deeper into the truth that's just so mysterious that yeah. eventually you're swimming in the eternality of God's revelation. Yeah. And, and, and now you're lost. The more yeah. you learn, the more you realize how little, how puny our minds are to comprehend the incomprehensible yeah. God and his cosmos. I, 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 I mean, it's a cause for worship. It is. It's cause to hell to the chief. And yeah. it's cause yeah. to realize that the incarnation of Jesus happened to not rally us around ambiguity, but to actually know him, to do what first John said, to come and to touch him, to see him, to hear him. And that in doing that through the word, we can experience the same quality of fellowship that the very apostles and disciples did. So good. Thank you, Lord. Wow, this has been such a good conversation. I know. I just kind of want Matt to keep going. <laughs> hey, let's just let's just pray. Yeah, please. Lord, idea. we ask, would you bring, would you subdue our hearts and all of us listening, watching, God, would you subdue us with the glory of Jesus, not just his um, majesty and that he is the captain of the army, but what his heart is like as the captain of the army. He yes. is a lamb-like lion. Yeah. He's a lamb-like king. Draw us in to the glory of your comings. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Man. Well, amen. if you would like to be inspired this week, next well, next week, next episode, we're going to have Justin Rizzo mm -hmm. uh, with us to talk about what undergirded what motivated him to come up with uh, this Christmas album that so good I was just listening today in my car <laughs> it's I mean <laughs> the it's, deluxe version's it, awesome it's the best I think the best Christmas album ever because of the message yes wow. is in, infused into the the first advent anyway I just I'm, we're gonna put a link on it here so that you can check out this it's it's on everything so Spotify iTunes whatever you want to buy support the guy buy it on uh, buy it from his website but it, it is stockings Christmas watch Christmas. his YouTube videos called Think Christmas. They're really funny. Yeah, oh, they're yeah, really yeah. awesome. Too. He's, he, he's all about. I love that about <laughs> Justin. So we're excited to have him next week. But I just I, I know that those songs have caused me to worship in deeper ways during during the uh, Advent season. So we want to recommend that to you. And also, our friend Naomi Thomas just came out with a, a, a devotional for Advent. And so I just want to recommend that to you as well. Um, so that you can grab it. I mean, we're kind of coming to the close of Advent season, but it's still it's still helpful to think about yeah. those things. And so I just want to uh, uh, point you to those resources. Yeah. It's awesome. So if you haven't seen our previous podcast, you can find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, any source or outlet that you have for those. And uh, Matt, thanks for joining us. Yeah, You're welcome. It's a awesome pleasure to be here. having Thank you. you. <laughs> and we'll see you next week, Friday, 2 p.m. Central Time. Peace. <laughs>